Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. Not just the Tag Your It podcast, but this is the starting of the seventh season. So at the end of this year, we'll be doing the seven years. And uh, that means uh, this is the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bepper. And, and we're starting this thing, yeah. Seven years. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and we're going to uh, take another hit of, uh, you know, hanging out with uh, our brothers um, and our fellows, I guess you can say. We haven't done much with the whole tag, the fellowship of the tag anyway, uh, but we have our two fellows, Josh and Brandon, on. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Glad to be on here once again, and congrats on starting the seventh year. Thank you. Yeah, that's year that's awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon's a little under the weather, haven't you been? And but you're still making it onto the uh, the the at least the the way that we do things now with the I guess Microsoft meetings. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I can do a lot when I can sit in front of my desk. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> us too. Us too. Well, guys, again, thank you for your time, and it's just an awesome opportunity to start the year off. Um, with uh, you guys as well. And uh, with that said, um, you know, I just kind of want to start things off if we're going to have a uh, starting point to talk about uh, any sort of, uh, uh, we always try to resolve things uh, at the beginning of the year. And uh, at least that's what society wants to do. And so let's uh, grab a hold of that and take it uh, underneath the dominion of Jesus Christ. And so let's talk about God's law. Let's talk about theonomy. And uh, there is an issue that did uh, pop up that, uh, you know, just scrolling through Facebook one day. And because um, I'm in, I'm involved in many theonomic talks and just trying to uh, work it, work things out with people that don't necessarily understand the position. Uh, they have caricatures and all that kind of stuff. And so I want to take some time to uh, take um, take a post and uh, kind of look at it and uh, just see uh, what if there's any information that we can add, because uh, there's just people that, you know, if you don't give a whole lot of information, people fill in the blanks and they definitely, if they're, you can already, you can get the prejudice from the uh, outset anyway of what they think uh, when they look at this. And so um, I just definitely want to have a conversation because uh, you know, like I am sensitive to many, I guess if you, if you want to call theonomy, uh, there's a spectrum of thought in there. You know, I'm sensitive to it all just to listen and take it in because, you know, I know I'm not going to be 100 percent on it. And I know other people aren't going to be 100 percent on it. And this is why we need to come together and talk about these principles anyway. But uh, there is a friend and I think we all know him, but we will not. Uh, he's a brother and there is no reason to sit here and just name names and uh, let people attack him <laughs> or anything. But I think this is a thought provoking thing. Um, and this is what I wanted to discuss today. But uh, there was a post um, on my timeline uh, with a shared friend. And uh, if you are listening to this podcast again, we love you, brother. And uh, we are uh, happy to um, hear what your thoughts are on these things. But uh, he says um, for the listeners on the podcast, anyway, if you're on YouTube, you can read it. It's on the screen. It says, if I were a theonomist, which I most definitely am not, I'd suggest organizing Christians from all over the nation into relocating to the most conservative capital city in the U.S., and all with the intention of taking position of every seat of authority in that city. Essentially, uh, a targeted migration that eventually results in possessing the seats of authority in that entire state. In fact, I am shocked that I have not heard of such a plan. Even not being a theonomist, I would support a targeted migration in church history, entire churches have relocated to uh, different cities. And so I wanted to uh, get Dave, Brandon, Josh's uh, thoughts on this and uh, bring my own thoughts and just kind of just uh, just have a good discuss discussion for people, especially on our podcast. Um, and this mostly as I, you know, I'll, I'll get off the horn here for a second, but I just want to make sure that we know the importance of this because um, we've got the Westminster Confession which is explicitly at uh, least general, you know, general equity theonomy. Same thing with the 1689, where I think we're all agreed on this general equity um, meta narrative. Um, maybe working out things a little bit differently uh, in our thought processes. Um, but it's also, I just want to make sure that you guys know, if you're in a if you're in a Southern Baptist church and you subscribe to the Baptist Faith and Message, it ha it's important for you too because the scriptures are what it says, uh, the supreme standard by which all human conduct creeds and religious opinions should be tried, um, that Jesus, um, the second person of the Trinity, is uh, now exalted at the right hand of God, um, which that only deals with his mediation in that section, but it goes on to say that uh, 
God is, you know, the, whenever it comes to the kingdom, um, the kingdom is God's general sovereignty over the universe. So if Jesus is exalted to his right hand, he is over all the nations, all the peoples, all the spheres of authority. And so that's very theonomic, um, even if it's not explicitly saying, hey, we're Southern Baptist, we're theonomic. They have to be. We, you know, that's, the, that's the point. You, you can't escape theonomy. And it's uh, written into this confession and that we are to pray and labor for the kingdom, that the kingdom may come on uh, and God's will be done on earth. Um, also we got into, uh, I think the Christian and the social order that, uh, all Christians are under obligation to seek and to make the will of Christ supreme in our own lives and in human society. And that every Christian should seek to bring industry, government, and society as a whole under the sway of the principles of righteousness, truth, and brotherly love. And so, um, guys, if you have not really gotten into digging into, uh, the confessional nature of being a Southern Baptist and Missouri Baptist, Baptist, uh, you know, in general, you might be IFB and say no creed but the Bible, but what does the Bible say about these things? Write it out, and oops, you got a creed and uh, everything. So um, get into these kind of things, and this is what this discussion is for. So I will stop talking since I have done a major introduction job here on this episode, and uh, I just kind of want to get everybody else's kind of thoughts, and then I'll interject some things and ask some questions too because I want this to be a really good starting discussion, especially for the circles that I'm traveling in to um, help uh, break down barriers and move this discussion so that we can actually affect our cities, uh, not just in a one-dimensional way. Let me jump back real quick because I always think about the centrality and importance of definitions because by our very nature, God has made us individuals who use terminology and use words. Words have meaning, and I know that different people jump on our podcast very different folks will listen to it for short amounts of time, so we might have individuals who do not have a good understanding of what theonomy is. So I'm going to jump back real quick on that and just ask Brandon or Josh to maybe give us just a nice working definition that our audience can have a good understanding of in order to even follow and track the conversation first. So I hope I'm not jumping back too elementary or rudimentary, but I think that's important. If one of you guys would jump in on that real quick before we begin to respond. Because he says, if I were a theonomist, well, that presupposes there is a definition for the word. Yeah. Yeah, so I I go ahead and jump in and say that there's, I think there's two ways that are most commonly used uh, to define theonomy. One would be more in the proper um, theological uh, discussion where it's defined by basically Bonson's uh, definitions of theonomy, where it is the continuing validity of the Mosaic Old Covenant laws on all societies in every time and place. That would be more of a strict, proper definition. And then there's a more of a uh, casual way that people sometimes use the word theonomy just based off kind of the etymology of the word meaning God's law. And so I'm not exactly sure which way uh, this person was using the term. It looks like probably he was using it more in the Bonson sense, but there's also, like I said, the other sense, which just means God's law, like God's authority and rule is, it should be over the government and of course, every other sphere that he's created. So those are the two basic ways that I see those uh, words being used. I hope that's a decent, quick definition of each one. Exceptional, and I and I want to just make sure I clarify because I think our audience needs to also follow that. We every Christian by very nature would use that terminology. God's law still is valid, right? It is certainly pointing to His moral code, His holiness, actually. And so every Christian would affirm some, in some sense, the theonomic nature or the idea of God's law still being valid. Uh, Even the incredibly crazy liberal person would still affirm certain elements of God's law being true. They would say, well, stealing is wrong. I mean, I think the most liberal people that I've ever dealt with would certainly still say that. Liberal Christians, I would say, uh, they would maybe probably not be Christians, but they would probably identify as Christians. They would still say that stealing is bad, murder is bad. Those are all things that come from God's law. But what we really see in the more proper, and I like the way that you said that, the Bonson, would you say Bonson, Rush Doomy, uh, even yep. for our more uh, current situations, yeah, Gary North, DeMar, Douglas Wilson type of theonomic nature, this individual seems to be more going at the heart of that type of that first proper 
theology proper definition. Uh, Brandon, did you have anything to add to that? Just as a curiosity, was my summary decent in that con construct? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that's exactly right, and I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, miscommunication and crosstalk that happens is just because um, uh, we've got two different two different people. You know, we, we've got people who are saying, "I'm not a theonomist because I don't believe that we should, you know, uh, exclusively stone witches," uh, for example, yeah. right? Um, uh, versus uh, somebody who has allowed for a lot more freedom in in uh, you know allowing like the new the new testament to inform what the standard for uh civil uh authority is and so i think that um you say oh i'm not a theonomist and and the guy who has called himself a theonomist but uh wouldn't say that we have to exclusively use stoning right as one as as the uh, means of capital punishment uh says well you you should be a theonomist right god's law right all of christ for all of life like wilson says um that's that's what we're going for and and so then all of a sudden you can't even have a discussion because uh, like you said david words matter so much and definitions matter so much so no i think i think you guys have summed it up really well yeah yeah now I concur with the, you know, that, that whole idea and that miscommunication. Cause yeah, there are, there are, you know, it's like with me, you know, I'm just going to sit here and regulative, you know, the regulative principle allows for circumstance. Um, but at the general equity side of me goes like, we, what is, what does stoning look like? You know, just, just to, for clarification for people, when we get into that, um, it was cheap and, uh, it was community-based and, uh, the person that uh, made the accusation had to throw the stone. And so how can we work that out today? It might not be stoning, but, What's cheap and, you know, why are we putting this stuff in the background and sanitizing it to where there is no fear um, and uh, there is no really thought and uh, the community actually, you know, it's like the state gets to impose this stuff. They're the only ones, you know, like government officials are the only ones that are reaping um, justice if there is any. Um, and the actual, you know, when it comes to victims' rights, uh, that's, you know, whenever I got into, like, Gary North and stuff, that's the stuff that intrigued me. I was like, wait a second, like, victims in our country are not getting anything. Like, the state is 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 uh, definitely uh, the getting all the goods right. that the, the victims should be getting. Yeah, yeah, the state assumes victimhood uh, yeah. for most of for, for a lot of the crimes. Um, yeah, and, then, and so it's and like, then, yeah, the prison system, right? You know, so if somebody kills my wife... Um, that guy ends up going to prison, but like, what's for me? Like, oh, I, he's not on the street for seven years. <laughs> That's like the most I get. No, I like, no, I, I'm missing my wife. I'm missing a part of the division of labor in my household. I'm, you know, there's a lot that, uh, that a victim of that would, uh, that, that they're not getting. And so it's an unjust system. Um, and then all the person, then the person in, I'm paying, I'm paying to actually hold that person in prison too. So I get like double victimized. I'm getting victimized by the state trying to keep the, my wife's killer alive. So again, stuff like that is why <laughs> that, that made me intrigued. Just going, wow, how unjust of a system do we have and what can Christians actually do about it? And what does God's law, even, even if it's not a one-to-one, -one, if it's general equity, how much uh, actually we could, you know, make things more awesome in society and righteousness would be seen and people would be like, oh man, this God is good. And that would be the original intent of the law um, was supposed to be anyway. So, but yeah, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that definition, Josh and uh, Dave for calling out that definition. No um, problem. Yeah, yeah, and Adam, uh, if I could real quick to your yeah. what to your point you were making there, I think one of the one of the big weaknesses of a lot of guys who are just so anti theonomy that it you know they've got like the anti theonomy syndrome thing, where they've gone so far where they don't even uh, spend time really considering reading studying uh, like the old covenant case laws wherein even if they believe they would not be applied in a certain way, there is still so much wisdom and so much understanding of how justice was applied in that scenario mm -hmm. that we could glean from that, unfortunately, some people who are uh, just so far on the other side won't even uh, gain that wisdom. And I think that's a big weakness. And, and you see it, like they'll say, you know, they'll go to different standards then for uh, outside of the Bible for uh, justice today. And then we get all kinds of problems like you were discussing with the state taking too much authority, taking away rights because the Bible no longer is their authority.
Yeah. Um, anyway. Two yeah. crucial pieces here that I think are at least from my mind, functionally a piece that needs to be clarified. The idea is that the church runs in one lane and the government runs in another lane. However, both the church and the government are to be held to the standard of God's law in the idea of justice and the carrying out of justice. Therefore, when the state steps out of line, the church has every right to call their foul because they've acted outside of God's domain. They've actually appealed to another standard. Therefore, there's this, uh, you know, again, the two streams running together, and many individuals don't understand. No, if you're a Christian, you get your moral code of ethics from God's word, and therefore the government gets its authority, its sword, if you will, from God's word. And therefore, when it steps outside of those bounds, the church has every right, the church has every right to call, call its foul. Uh, would you say that that's a fairly good understanding of that? I mean, that's one of the ways that I've functionally thought of it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say that, um, like John the Baptist, we are, we have a, a moral obligation to call out uh, the wickedness and the tyranny that we see. Uh, just, you know, when, when we're told in the Great Commission to make disciples of nations, uh, we're, we're, we're not intended, you know, Jesus did not intend us to leave out the leaders of those nations. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and most people's uh, discipleship agenda does leave out uh, leaders uh, and civil rulers. And, and just like you're going to call out a tyrant who's a tyrant to his children in his home, you want to call out uh, a tyrant who's a tyrant to uh, his subjects in a kingdom. And and we can apply that here in the states as well. Yeah, yeah. So in order to unpack some of this post, when he says, "If I were theonomist, which I am most definitely not," that's actually false. He's made a category error there. He is, in some sense, a theonomist because he is a Christian. He does believe in God's moral code of ethics. So there's a faulty understanding from the from the basis. His foundation is based on a false premise. Therefore, his conclusion is going to be false. That is always how it is. When you base your argument on a faulty premise, your conclusion in deductive logic will always be false, will always be faulty. It cannot be true as it works as an argument. So he doesn't understand what he's saying because he's not using a definition that is valid, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, and the, there's that. And uh, so what sort of triggered uh, me and wanted to talk about it and then send it to you guys um, was the fact of if I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a theonomist is what he's saying. Uh, but he makes a suggestion. He goes, you know, organizing Christians from all over the nation, relocating to the most conservative capital city taking all the seats of authority and then you look at the very end he says even though not being a theonomist i would support the target migration so we also need to take in a little bit of information from the comments section on this uh, he did say that uh you know he's not a theonomist because he finds it to be an heir just a notch above uh what female pastors you know so he is really definitely at hominem uh, at hominemming the position but the the absurdity the, the the absurdity that's weird to me is the fact that he would be for uh something that i believe uh and kind of see the way that it's written without um you know, if this is like going to be, you know, uh, the, the the Wilsonian uh, no quarter November type statement, the no qualifiers, he's just going to throw this out there, not explain himself, and there's not going to be any additional information. Um, just taking it as it is, I believe, like to me, whenever I read this, I'm reading it almost as a caricature of a top down, just, you know, smash him up, um, I guess, Josiah type reformation versus, say, the reformation that happened, uh, you know, way before even Luther um, was the lightning rod moment, but even the Reformation wasn't a, like, uh, move to one country, take it over or anything, but the Reformation was uh, the, the word spreading, and then it finally peaked, and then you had the challenge, especially of the state church um, at the time and stuff like that. So so that wasn't a monolith, you know, that wasn't a, a move um, to one spot and then take it over and then be make a country that's a light, you know, like we're not reproducing old covenant Israel anymore, but it was actually that gospel spread, um, that gospel renewal um, that was over a larger swath. Yes, it did create, you know, uh, 
a spectrum, like, you know, just from our vantage point, subjectively, you know, a spectrum of different uh, people talking and kind of being antithetical about certain issues, but there's still the basis. Solo Scriptura was, was covering Europe and, and then definitely came over to America through that. And so, you know, I kind of see this, that he's okay with what I believe to be the caricature that people use of theonomy. Like, so he finds it an error, but he would be okay with the caricature um, of theonomy, which, you know, so what I ended up, you know, telling um, these guys for the people um, out there listening right now, you know, I kind of just sent the message, you know, I'm just kind of like, if I, if I'm reading this right, believes that I believe that he's believing in a caricature of theonomy that people use against it. And that I, I'm, I'm kind of holding this idea to a separatist sort of revolutionary uh, form of theonomy versus the, the bottom up preaching of the gospel, uh, making families, uh, disciples of families, um, getting church to exposit scripture and then to take their church and go, here city and it doesn't have to be a capital city it can be the city that you're in and you get multiple things you get this thing going on all at once and then you get that sort of like like theocracy basically as the holy spirit moves theocracy is definitely inevitable over a long period of time that you know this then again touching on sort of the the post mill um eschatology um within that as well so that's kind of just where i'm coming from and that's kind of the big discussion anyways to kind of work this out because i know like we might have sounded like an echo chamber here's where it sort of uh goes away for a while so enjoy the fact that uh you know the attacks against us as tagurit and me personally um we don't exist in an echo chamber it's great but we hope to because we want to echo God's glory. Um, and that's what we see and we know from scripture what is what's going to happen. So, but yeah, discuss now. Would you say that some of this is kind of what we've seen already being occurring in uh, Moscow, Idaho? Is that a fair assessment? I definitely think that that's what he's got in mind. Um, I think the theonomist piece of it is actually just a non sequitur, uh, honestly, because um, even Wilson, I think, wouldn't want to call himself a strict uh, Bonsinian theonomist. And uh, and so, you know, yeah, this guy is assuming that uh, strict Bonson theonomy requires this kind of uh, relocation. So there's a non sequitur going on there. But I'm sure that that's who he's thinking of. I mean, I guess I don't know that for sure. But I mean, that's almost assuredly, uh, If even if you go to the comment thread, the very first comment has something to do with Moscow. So um, that's what other people were picking up what was going on as well so but moscow sure is not a thing. capital city so that's right. already yeah. off there you know right. that's uh, that's boise yeah this is this so. is his modification to the to the moscow plan basically this yeah. is his uh his take on it or whatever yeah i would say uh back to your original comments on this adam i certainly see what you're saying in terms of the caricature that he's possibly raising up and has in mind here if his if his thinking is, well, a theonomist is someone who believes the kingdom of God comes by political force or by top down uh, installing laws or a governmental system. And we're going to, you know, put, you know, make society Christian by our arm of political strength. Absolutely. I'm with you there. That's not the right Christian way of going about things. That's not the great commission instructions we have. That's not how politics or the gospel preaching on people's hearts works. But if that caricature, and so maybe that's what he's thinking, but if I just look at this comment or this suggestion of a strategy in a vacuum, and I don't have that caricature presupposition, and I'm assuming all the good things that you mentioned about bottom-up preaching in the churches, discipling of our neighbors and the nations and whoever we're amongst, I don't have a problem with being strategic about how we work out the Great Commission or how we work out discipleship. And I think there's a place for thinking strategically and saying, well, if there's a group of people by their voluntary desires that want to move to a strategic location to be able to uh, maybe protect, maybe they have in mind Let's move somewhere that's a feasible place to turn into a sanctuary city for unborn babies. Maybe they have those sorts of uh, aspirations behind it, not top-down force, but let's do this for the good and love of our neighbor, for the extending of 
uh, great commission and that sort of thing. I think there's a place for Christians to be strategic in how we think about our lives and how we think about the great commission. I don't think it has to be just simply, um, obviously it should be wherever we're at, we're faithful or preaching the gospel, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be passive. I think we can be, if we're so called strategic and how we just like missionaries are strategic and how they go to certain places. Why can't a large group of Christians be strategic together? So that's my, uh, yeah. suggestion there. And if, yeah. if I, if I could, so, uh, I don't, I want to, I want to throw some, some Bible at everything Joshua just said, basically making a case for, um, m- missions, uh, you know, and, uh, with, with more than just a couple people and, and, yeah. uh, more than just, you know, you normally, I, you know, I've been called to be a missionary, so I'm going to go to this location and I'm going to put into these people. Um, yeah. And, and so I want to make a I want to make a case for the possibility that 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 we should approach it maybe a little differently. So if, uh, bear with me for like two or three minutes. If you go back to Second uh, Chronicles 15, King Asa, um, he uh, is tearing down Asherah poles and high places and and reforming the kingdom, the the southern kingdom, and um, large groups of people from the ten northern tribes start defecting to Judah. Uh, and it says they, you know, people from, I don't remember what the tribes were and look, David, it looks like maybe you're pulling it up. So you'll be able to tell me, but there were people <laughs> from some of the tribes in the, in the Northern king, kingdoms defecting to the, to Judah. And it says they did so when they saw that the Lord, his God was with him. Hmm. Uh, so one of the implications, one of the applications we draw from that is that God uses the faithfulness of God's people to draw God's people, his elect to himself. Um, and so then we've got lots of New Testament data for that as well. Uh, for example, uh, Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, turn and glorify your Father in heaven. So there's there's works that I do that glorify me. Uh, you know, I've always joked, like, when Michael Jordan dunks a basketball, it glorifies Michael Jordan, you know? Yeah, uh, I yeah. can see the glory of God in it, but but he's doing it for his glory. But there are works that I can do that glorify God that cause other people to see, oh, this is not about Brandon. This they they turn their gaze upward, and then I add to that the the fact that Jesus says, all people will know that you're my disciples by the way you love not unbelievers, but by the way you love each other. So now I'm putting that data together. I'm trying to put this theme together, and I get one more one more passage, and it's from Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen where Paul says that we, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And so Mm -hmm. what I've got then is I've got um, it's better when two people do the kinds of works that cause people to glorify God. It's better when they radiate that love and glory of God uh, between each other um, and that it can actually have a sanctifying impact on others Mm -hmm. as they see the glory of God. And so, um, yeah, I, I would want to make a case for missions being done by groups of people and not um, by individuals or by, you know, by one family instead of by by 10 families. Yeah. And uh, and so in, in the same way that, that I would hope maybe one day to be able to export that overseas, I could hope to see those types of things being done here uh, locally as well. It's and it's gonna. There's gonna be a thousand other benefits, um, not just kind of l- like you talked about. I'm not just kind of the retreatist insular benefits where it's like this is just to protect us from, um, you know, the bad guys. Which, a- amen. If we can do that for each other, that's a good thing. Do good to all, and especially to those who belong to the household of God. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, amen. If we can protect one another by doing by doing so, by being closer and being more involved. But I think that uh, you stand a much better chance, and I think I have decent biblical reasoning to believe that you stand a much better chance of being missionally successful uh, when you do so in groups. When you oh do yeah. So in community, you know. And yeah. so and that group, I, I yeah, and that group is relocation yeah. as well. Yeah, and the, and the group is a church, so it's it's you know like we exactly. now we're introducing the qualifiers um, into the you know into into the thing, but the, see what the, scares the me. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but the you know but then again if uh, we subscribe to theonomy unashamed unashamedly by uh, giving it a definition, going like okay, here's God's law, here's how I'm going to define what it is, 
and how to work it out instead of just going, well, I'm not a theonomist, but you know, so there's the prejudice. And so like, that's what gets me is the fact that, okay, if you're not a theonomist, but you're for this sort of thing, okay, are you going to hold these guys by any standard that are doing this? Is it going to be the radical two kingdoms issue to where you have a sacred and secular and it's a divorce thing, you know, because I don't want people that are just Christians without any qualification um, in a seat of authority that I can't hold them like is no, no. Are you going to look at the righteousness that God has revealed in his scripture and take that into account whenever you write a bill or whenever you sit on a city council and vote yes or no on a decision that comes up from the people or other city councilmen or just, just whatever seat you're in, you know, like how are you going to weigh that out? And if you are not willing to, do theonomy then i don't actually want to trust you a whole lot <laughs> because oh, we're going to get into this natural law sort of touchy-feely what's right what's wrong sort of thing and then that's whenever you get pro-life stuff and you're standing compromised and you're still allowing people to die well, you know that's that's why i think that maybe the maybe it's a little bit of a, a non sequitur you know maybe it doesn't yeah. follow that the theonomy because i mean he talks about like taking possession of every seat and authority in that city that he's he's supposedly talking yeah. about so why why do that if if you're having more of this r2k kind of uh mentality it seems like he's practicing kind of what we would say he wants to see godly men take the possession of of these seats of authority for the purpose of godly laws i mean i i guess that's me trying to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah um and assume that he just has a real like you said caricature of what theonomy is because i you know like i'm a fan of of continuing to try to keep Mike Moon in Missouri and mm -hmm. and working on on the stuff that he's working on. As one example, I want to support him as a godly man in a godly position of leadership. And I could want to see a lot of people do that, um, not thinking that that's the end all be all. And I think that's to Joshua's point that mm -hmm. if if the enemy, if if the caricature is that all that we actually care about is just having a specific set of laws and we don't care about the gospel. We don't care about, um, you know, proper jurisdictions of civil government. We don't care about what tyrant fathers do. We only care about what tyrant Kings do. Uh, then, um, uh, yeah, may it never be, yeah. but that's not what any of us are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, the big thing is here is also, um, I think, and I, I think, uh, Gary DeMar has been knocking this out of the park in a few, uh, like just within the past year on his podcast and stuff is just going like theonomy is not just political. <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, Christianity is not just, it is political. There is a political point, but you know, whenever we're talking about theonomy and, and government, like he says, government is not, political like there is a political element to government but when you're talking about self-government we're talking about family government when you're talking about church government and then the civil okay the political you know government so it's not it's not main the government is not the the main focus is not on the political um but we have made it that way and so whenever you hear theonomy you're going straight to politics and not thinking about no no we need personal transformation we need church and family reformation, right. and then that's what leads to revival in the land whenever the civil magistrate goes. That's what Jesus looks like. They're being Jesus, and that's what it looks like, and it's radiating. And then in our form, because, again, we have principles and circumstances, What the way it's, we're talking about, it's not going to work in a monarchy, but – Again, that's where the regulative principle comes in, where you have the principle and the circumstance. So what can people do under a monarchy? What can people do under another form of government? Because God hasn't said strictly here, you know, um, but God has ordained every government and every form of government. He's, uh, he's ordained us being in this room right now in, in Missouri, you know, in a constitutional democratic republic. And so what are we going to do with it? Being responsible in that way, just as somebody would be, you know, what, what can they do being a peasant underneath a king, a, a tyrant even, you know, and like what, what can they do to rally the troops? And it's all going to come down to, well, who are you and what are you to do? Um, are you married? Do you have a family? Um, are you around other Christians? And then, you know, get, get up to the king. And that's what Paul was doing because he was under <laughs> tyranny and he was trying to get to them, you know. And my question is always, when, well, 
okay, what if like the, the big meta narrative of that time was, well, God was going to break the feet of the statue from Daniel. And so he was going to destroy the temple. And then he was also going to destroy the empire. Um, and so, yeah, the, it, we can, we can ask the question, you know, what if Felix repented, if he got the gospel and he, he repented, you wouldn't have the Roman empire busting. And that's not what God was going to do at that time. But again, it comes down to like the best, most thought provoking quote that I, I read from Douglas Wilson is like Nineveh repented, <laughs> you know, that was a Gentile nation. They repented. So our question is, what do we do when Kings repent? What do we do when, um, senators and house reps and governors and and judges and presidents and you know even then the legislature like what do we what do we do when they return do we call them to continue incrementalism or do do they stand and just go i'm just going to preach until i'm blue in the face and teach the uncompromised truth if they accept it or not they can go hang themselves i'm just going to stay faithful and knock knock the uh, gates of hell <laughs> until so- yeah so go so for it. So would Dave. you say, kind of jumping back to the quotation here that's presented by this gentleman, the concept is not problematic, but it's putting the, the cart before the horse, whereas yeah. we would advocate for steps being taken primarily as those who steward our homes. We're raising up children to love God's law, to affirm God's law, and to proclaim the gospel. Whereas this seems to say, no, no, just move to a place and take it over politically, and that's the best way to move forward, where we're saying, no, no, God is uh, doing a work of progressive sanctification in nations, and we'll see this happen anyways. We don't have to rush our way out there, but if we did, that's not a uh, terribly, incredibly poor idea, but the idea is more, wait, get things right in your home over those smaller jurisdictions before you try to take over a big jurisdiction. Yeah, certainly you could move strategically somewhere, and there's nothing that's completely wrong with that, but this tends to put things backwards in the way that we would say God is naturally working things out. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I would say, too, I think we'd all agree that uh, every one of us here would love to see and would desire and thinks that our goal is that every single judge and mayor and city council member and governor of state in every position be a reformed Christian <laughs> who seeks <laughs> yeah. to uh, uh, right. uphold the scripture and God's righteousness in yeah. their responsibilities. However, um, I also believe that es- especially in our form of government, we're it, it's a uh, democratic republic that emphasizes representative government. Yeah. So our government's supposed to be based on representation. I believe that, especially in this system, politics is downstream of culture, which is an outworking of religion. Yeah. And so um, the way I get to that end goal, where I see everybody in these official positions, reform Christians, is going to have to be uh, downstream of religion. They're going to have to be converted. There's going to be a lot of discipleship done uh, for that to happen. And it can happen um, in smaller areas, more smaller, uh, um, highly populated, denser areas, not highly populated, but more smaller communities and smaller places. It can happen probably sooner than it can happen in St. Louis, you know, mm. Um, because there's a higher percentage of Christians who are voters <laughs> yeah, yep, in, yeah. in a small town versus in a big city. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, to me, it's like with the capital idea, you know, that's that's definitely like this. That's that's what's getting me is like, you know, I'm sitting here going like in America, um, what does the capital like living in the capital have to do? Like you you go and do your normal missionary work, not neglecting, not being partial to cities or rural communities, but going out as you're called, taking it to where God has put you. And then, you know, especially in this form of government, guess what? You, you, you send people to the Capitol, you get to vote people and that's how they get to the Capitol. You don't move, you don't have to move, but then they go to the Capitol. So like, you know, Lawrence County has sent Mike Moon to the Capitol. Um, and, and then, you know, we're sending these people. And so like, this is the, this is where my theonomy kind of comes in and I go like what we're not teaching. Like it's, I, I sort of tell people like, you know, back in the time of the reformation, we had all these lawyers and law people and, uh, they were getting struck by lightning, like Martin Luther or whatever, (laughs) you know, and they're, they were, they were getting called, um, to, uh, read their Bibles. They were getting called to the ministry. 
And so at that time of the Reformation, we did not have enough like Bible expositors, like true good Bible expositors. Now, 500 years later, we need some stinking lawyers, <laughs> but <laughs> built on the principles that God worked in the Reformation. So Sola Scriptura now, because that's first, everything flows from religion. Everything flows from the text of Scripture and God's word. And now we need to worry about where's our lawyers at? Where's our law people? Where's the people that love God? delight in his law, meditated on day and night. Um, also, with the eschatological issue, this shows that our eschatology is just as important as anything else mm. in the conversation with the long game. And sitting here going like, how, like, you know, are we are we preaching just to build churches and just that leave it there? And just and that we're just waiting on Christ to come back um, and gather his people that are in four walls? Or, you know, but I, I'm starting to hear, all of Christ for all of life from people that wouldn't like theonomy. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here going, but that's a theonomic statement. <laughs> so I agree with you. Even if you want to not use the language, if you're saying all of Christ for all of life, but if we're neglecting to teach, well, the, the issue of politics, not that's the only government issue. Like I said, it's government's not merely just political. Um, but we have to, we have to raise up like what, it, what it says in Ephesians four, that the elders are supposed to, um, teach other people to do ministry. And so that ministry, well, I think Romans 13 calls them ministers of God, deacon of God. And so are there people interested in, in the politic part of government that have the giftings, have the desire, and should we be actually calling them out from the pulpit and going like, here's what you are to do if you get that. And I think that there's a lot of neglect in that because we just kind of keep it simple individual salvation yeah. deal with the family um, deal with your work uh, and job thing but whenever we get to that you know that's where the radical two kingdoms comes in like that's secular that's secular and i understand like you know um like doug wilson talks about a what would sound like to us today a christian secularism but that just means that you know you have the church the sacred and then you have the profane in another sense which would be the civil, you know, it's, that's not, you know, you worship Jesus out there, but they are not in control of the worship of Jesus, like over here in the sacred realm. Um, so there, there's that idea in the, the mere Christendom or whatever, um, idea I don't like, I don't like to use the word secular right now, just because <laughs> we're having this theonomous conversation be, for the same reason. Um, but you know, there, there's that. So, um, you know, so I think, yeah. Uh, to kind of sum it all down, um, I think we have a lot more um, continuity between us than maybe we thought going into it, um, definitely with the qualifiers. But, you know, that's that's the thing is uh, just getting getting the definitions out there. And uh, I think when it comes down to it, we all desire we all want theocracy. What do you think? Uh, even if uh, you're a dispensationalist and, the, and Jesus brings this in like a D-Day, um, that's a theocracy and we all beg yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, why can't we just beg for it in history on the other side of a big uh, D-Day? Because <laughs> right. he's not going to come in as a big D-Day because he doesn't want to destroy his creation. He loves his creation. So he's going to slowly reconcile it, just like the Bible says. So <laughs> that's, again, where eschatology is very important. But, yeah, yeah, I appreciate so, uh, you guys' comments on that for sure. This is great. Let me kind of, uh, there's a few thoughts going through my head, and hopefully I can get them kind of lined up here because I know we're kind of coming to a close. But it appears to me we do have a beautiful picture in our minds of why eschatology matters, why having a biblically grounded eschatology matters. We've seen the American culture is, of course, a movement away from post-tribulation around the time of the First World War, then towards uh, a movement towards dispensationalism. What has happened in that framework is, the idea of the separation of, of church and state has become very much informed by that escapism of, well, it doesn't matter. Christ's kingdom is coming. Uh, it's going to come like a flash and there's going to be a you know literal millennial reign of Christ here. It's not going to actually move up towards that. When that happens, the way that individual Christians deal with the understanding of the role of civil government under the lordship of God has substantially changed. Therefore, the very basis from which the framers of the Constitution of the United States built their entire system of law was founded and grounded upon what was revealed in God's sacred writ and his law. Once we began to move our 
framework and our understanding away from the idea that the civil government was held under the authority of God's word, we began to allow for uh, different ideas and different, uh, what I would say, derivations of the separation of church and state to be infiltrated into evangelical minds. Hopefully I wasn't too jargon-esque in that uh, statement there, but that's kind of where my mind is going. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right that, that um, uh, well, there's so many things. And so, uh, but just the, the major shift in thinking about the nature of, of uh, earthiness and the goodness of earthiness and, and being uh, truly in the world and, and seeing yourself as, as having more to do here than uh, mere evangelism. And, and that's an important mm. way to say that mere evangelism, right. Uh, yeah. like that. has been, has been a major, major problem that this shift. And yes, I do think it's, it's in large part due to, uh, dispensationalism and, um, the, the specific, uh, worldview or framework that, that dispensational premillennialism um, gave to the world. We, we were racked by World War II and then um, a bunch of smaller wars afterwards. And it's like, well, man, this is, here's all the wars and rumors of wars. It's really getting bad. This has got to be close to the end. We're just going to grab as many people onto the life raft as we can and abandon culture. And, yeah, yes. and because of that, you know, talking about how to uh, try to think about how to build culture um, and, and all of the things that flow out from that, which I think the, uh, you know, Moscow, right. Take over a city. We're going to, we're going to move to Moscow and we're going to evangelize Moscow because we're supposed to go into all ethnos and Moscow, Idaho is its own ethnos. And so we're going to move there and we're going to take, I think that that's admirable and something that only seems as radical as it does because of the retreatist mentality that, and the cultural milieu that we all kind of grew up in. And so, yeah, I, I'm a fan of kind of breaking out of that and thinking, thinking opposite of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to that last point, you know, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm glad people are moving to Moscow and they're feeling, uh, you know, well, I mean, they, they I don't, need I, to, I but it's, else, yeah. But. Yeah. And I, I mean, you guys, you guys, I mean, you move, so I, I'm not going to attack, and I don't I don't want to see this. Uh, and I know you you're not understanding me this way, uh, but uh, I don't want to attack. Just I want to attack the idea that it's just it's going to take this. We're going to have to find a spot and build a kingdom. You know, that's that's what I see. Like we got to pop a squat, build a kingdom there, build our own little Israel so that, you know, we we have the law of God here. And then it's a light to the people around us whenever I'm sitting here going like, no, no, no. Like every stinking church and every stinking city needs to man up pastors need to man up and so we don't need to move we just need to deal with where we're at now i'm going to say that there are some people like there's missionaries right you know i i can't say what i just said um you know and but it's not a dichotomy that i go but if you're if you want to be a missionary to japan if that's what's on your heart and you want to work and get the language down and do that and go to that people then yes so at the same time locally if somehow like god has put a city on your heart. Like I want to suffer for that city. You know, there's a, there's a couple of cities in my mind that I would move to, to go, I want to claim that city for Jesus Christ. You know, there's a, I see a very dark, um, like churches aren't doing it. And you know, no matter, you could speak to them till they're blue in the face, they're not going to change the way they do church. So I can go up there and then bring, like, try to see if I can knock on doors, meet people, get out in the community, um, do my work there, um, call other people that do work there that are Christians that have seen the same deficiencies and, and bring them in. But, you know, the big thing is like what I'm seeing in this idea is like, OK, we just need to pick a state that's more conservative and make that state. You know, again, I'm not even against the, like states. Um, making a like you know the Wilsonian like Baptist versus you know you, you can be a Baptist in Florida I mean, just like that I'm not against that but the Californians to come here and help me I'd be yeah that yeah you know and that's like again I say that but there is a long game to get to that Baptist state over here and Presbyterian state over here you know but that's the original sort of thought pattern if you want to actually if we can learn from history you know but yeah. you know we got to talk about how we can't know anything in the past anyway so uh, so how do you know that you're doomed to repeat it if you don't even know that the past was like the past 
but that's a different that's a different topic that I've been through um, for a different show. So, but anyway, so it's like I'm not against against all that stuff, but you know, so like just what I see, like my my initial thing was going here, like you know, well, if you're not a theonomist, you're going to be a secularist, natural law person with no background to what that even means. Controlling a state to be like Israel, to be the light to the nations, when it's like, no, 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 like, no, you, you do it. And that's just like, you know, the apostles going like, well, where are we going to, you know, like, I need to go to the city. I need 200 denarii to buy food. And it's like, you know, let's just, just send them home. And Jesus goes, no, you, you do it. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like, you do it in your city. And uh, you grab your local officials and you talk to them on the phone. You go out for coffee with them. You preach the gospel to them. If they say that they're Christians and say just on the, the particular of abortion, you know, if they're a Christian, yet they're an incrementalist, you call them out and you'd be like, how can you, how can you stand up in that chamber? Well, how can you go on Sunday and say what you do on Sunday and then go into that chamber and uh, half truth that stuff? How can you go on Sunday and be like, I'm not going to fear a man. I'm going to read Hebrews and, you know, like I have nothing to fear because I have Jesus. Right. But then you have everything to fear when you walk up into that chamber. You know, it's just like, you, you know, that's our philosophical, theological schizophrenia um, that we have to to change. So, you know, so I'm not again, I don't I don't want to be against people that do mission work locally, um, regionally, um, internationally, nationally, whatever. But, you know, I think what I fear and I think what the, you know, and it's just the conversations I have. This is why I picked this one, because it's like they see that caricature of just like, let's go to a city. Let's take it over. And we are going to usher in the reign of Christ by our political works. And that's what, you know, again, people just miss the definition of theonomy. There is prejudice there. And, you know, I hope this person sees that. Uh, wow. I'm, you know. What I'm thinking is kind of the extreme form of theonomy that I shouldn't be for, but I can be a real theonomist, and it's doing the work just just with the extra knowledge of going, well, God's revealed this is what righteousness looks like, and here's how we can bring it in, and here's how we should bring it in. And, you know, So that's, that's my piece <laughs> on the issue, and you guys are free to uh, knock it down or, or add anything to whatever to that, and, and uh, we can sharpen each other in that. I think you hit it spot on, well, Adam. Sorry, Josh. Go oh, I was just going to say, uh, while you were talking, it, it just got me thinking and reminded, uh, much in agreement with you, but, you know, there's no holy land and there's no promised land because all the earth is the Lord's now and mm -hmm. every nation is his. So that includes every capital city and every little dinky nowhere town. Yeah. And so every, every place in every land is fair game. And, uh, so we got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so wherever that may be, do it. Yeah. Yep. I'm in total agreement. Yeah. Love it. I love it. So, yeah. So we're good. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody has anything else to add or anything. I think uh, we had a pretty good little roundtable discussion and hopefully that this uh, sets the uh, year off right um, as we, uh, you know, because if you're looking at the screen right now, you're looking at four guys and I've got to plug some other stuff here, but you're looking at four guys. They're on our board of directors of Abolish Abortion, Missouri. And so when we're talking about theonomy and we know as a Christian, you hate the deaths of people, of image bearers of God. Even if you want to treat it arbitrarily, you hate the death of, of uh, our preborn neighbors. And uh, theonomy is the only answer to go. God has said it. He's written a book. He has said it. There are righteous principles to look at to where we need to hold people accountable to justice and equal protection. And so you're looking at four guys that we get together um, once a month and discuss what's going on in Missouri and all that stuff. So I want you guys, if you're listening right now, Brandon Dodd, remember we were on his podcast, on the podcast with him. He interviewed Dave and I about, uh, and I think Josh, has a, do you have an episode with AMO already as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, so we've all been a part of this. Yeah. Tag your it. And uh, now just make sure to go and add uh, AAMO's podcast uh, to uh, the mix on your uh, iPhone, Spotify, wherever you get it. Uh, it's, are we on, is that on Spotify and all the other guys, Brandon? Oh, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. And uh, is there a YouTube channel for that or is it strictly podcasts? 
It's just just a podcast. I just said it's everywhere. So yeah, okay, it's a, it is a podcast. Yeah. There's no video. So yeah, yeah. Just making sure, just making sure where it's a, just let everybody know it's a, it's a, where it's available and everything. But uh, yeah, so like this theonomic discussion, let that ring in your ears uh, and uh, think about it, and especially thinking about it in the light of I know that people listen to this. They love. Hopefully, they hear they love hearing about abolition and what's going on and get involved because it's not about it's about being where you're at. And then winning that area under uh, to Christ and uh, observing his commands, that is the Great Commission, and you've already won. And so just run the race because you know it's already won. Even if you die before uh, the whole thing gets consummated, that's fine because you know, then again, you'll, you'll, you'll come back and it's, it's all okay. You'll have an even better looking body and everything. It's going to be great. So, you know, that's the whole post-mill hope. So uh, we can, we can uh, sow and hope and do all this stuff. But yeah, please get a hold of that podcast too. Um, so Brandon, Josh, Dave, and I have been on it and I'm sure th- there's some awesome stuff in the future. Is there anything else um, that you'd like to add to, to that, Brandon, um, about the AMO podcast? Uh, the, the podcast is is relatively unimportant uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I encourage people to listen because it's got important information about what's going on. But what I really care about is people going to abolishabortionmo.org and subscribing to our newsletter mm-hmm. and um, uh, getting involved there just with the actual, you know, for those people who live in Missouri, uh, getting involved in the actual in the actual work. That's the, the fight is a lot more important than than the podcast. So if I could point people to anything, it'd be to, to involvement. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Dave, you got any questions or anything to add before no, I ask one line, one I more going to ask was, I was going to say your conference, when will that be? Give us yes. So that's what I was going to ask. So, okay. okay. These guys are pastors. If you guys haven't been a part of the podcast and known these guys yet, they are also elders at hope Baptist um, here in town. And I guess Mansfield now, or I'm not, I, I'm still kind of, going like where are you guys at and what you guys taking over okay still springfield Springfield. still springfield okay all right so we had like what do you guys uh as hope baptist elders and and leading your congregation and then engaging the city in which you are um to do good to you know how's that conference coming up do you have any details or is it still kind of in the shadows Josh, where you got it. Well, I guess this uh, could be the world premiere announcement. Uh, yes, we'll take it. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> uh, yes, the Christendom Conference this year will be focusing on building households in the household of God. Mm. So family within the church issues going back to one of the more fundamental areas of governance, family government, particularly within church government. And so we're going to be talking about um men's and women's roles in the family and church relationship. We're going to be talking about family worship as a fundamental, uh, you know, we can't have a Christian society, a Christian nation without Christian households, families that worship, family worship, uh, family integrated worship. We're going to talk about um, stuff like that. So that will be on April 1st um, this year. I believe we're still waiting confirmation on the venue but probably at the same spot it's been the last two years. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, yeah. So if it, if that is true, that'll be out in Brookline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Battlefield. 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 Okay. Yeah. So battlefield. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They're all close together right there. So yeah. Well, thank you for the uh, world premiere anyway, and we'll uh, keep uh, everybody uh, in the loop as to whenever the all the information comes out, and make sure to let let our listeners know um, when that's happening. So hopefully uh, people come up, and if there's anything that we can do, we're always open and available, and I'll be there anyway, even if I'm not in, involved. Uh, no matter what. So, cause I definitely, I need to bring my wife to that too and just make sure, you know, just, uh, have a good family time and just, uh, be washed in the, washed in the word because I mean, like the past two years have been amazing as far as what's been talked about. The speakers have been awesome and it's definitely uh, enough to take home and, uh, um, implement, um, hopefully don't just keep it in your head, but implement things. So let's get excited about our families in worship. So, so I'm looking at Dave here real quick. Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Not, I've got everything, brother. 
All right. Well, you know, I just felt like I talked a lot, but sometimes you do that too, Dave. You feel bad for talking a lot. So I guess uh, we get to switch roles. It's the tag team anyway, but uh, all right. Well, everybody that's listening and watching, thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in for the uh, first episode of the seventh season of the Tag Your It podcast and Josh and Brandon. We love you guys. We thank you so much for your time and your study and your continued uh, just work uh, to sharp, you know, like you guys sharpen me and Dave all the time. And we, I hope that we, do the same thing with our questions or whatever that this thing is reciprocal and uh again like we're definitely on the same goal of uh, what does springfield look like what does a uh, you know mansfield look like uh what does lynn valley look like you know in the future because of uh, what we're doing and um, we already know the principle um but how's it going to shake out um whenever and what are we going to see it's just amazing so thank you guys for your time and continued work on that. And so with that said, I'm going to just go for it and say, this is the tag. You're at podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm David Van Beber. And I'm Brandon. And I'm Joshua. And then, uh, so we've got, uh, we, I'm, we're just going to do it. And so with that said, Sully. Damn. Gloria. Gloria.